0: And welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host Mick.
1: Actually no, I'm 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 not Mick. I I'm I'm Mick.
0: Well, would it make things easier if we call you Mick 1 and him Mick 2?
1: Alright. well um, don't, don't mention the... don't mention the amazing don't go there.
0: No, he... we we saw him coming through the portal and just shut that down.
1: Yeah, we, we don't talk about the amazing
0: So anyway, how are you doing today, Mick? It's been <laughs> so long since we last spoke.
1: <laughs> it has. It feels like... it feels like days. Weeks, even. When
0: or perhaps practice. even minutes.
1: When, in fact, due to the magic of podcasting and editing, it was in fact just minutes ago. Um, but as part of our widely varying areas of interest on this podcast, uh, we were talking about multiple Spider-Man, as I recall. Uh, Indeed. So, so, just to mix it up again, what are we talking about today, Andrew? Multiple
0: Spider-Man in my defense we've gone from like five spider-men to just three oh well that's
1: that's nice and easy. One.
0: so we're like te- we're gradually transitioning away from spider-men
1: you'll be telling me next we're doing one of those tricky third entries in the trilogy where they try and put far too much plot into a film
0: well maybe <laughs> But for now, it's time to sack off fighting Peter Parker and go get drunk in a bar instead. As we behold, Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: Yes. Took the longest time to get around to see this. (laughs) for someone who loves comic book movies.
0: I know it. We've had this one on the docket for so long.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Also, thinking about things and how they should have been docketed, I'm starting to realise, I think Three Dev Adam is what we did instead of Morbius.
1: <laughs> to be fair, it, it nearly became something we did instead of New Mutants. Which we God. actually haven't still done, Behold. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, I I think that's true to the spirit of New Mutants that we keep saying we'll do it and then don't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What we need to do is get taken over by another podcast in the meantime.
0: Yes, and then as our final episode, we'll do New Mutants. Yeah. And we'll make sure that it's fine. Yeah. But anyway, no way home. So this is the 2021 MCU film. Directed by John Watts, written by Eric Sommers and Chris McKenna, and based on the Marvel characters created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, most famous for their starring role in Three Dev (laughs) Adam. Anybody
1: who's not listened to
0: that episode is going to be going, "Mm -hmm." I mean, I think anyone who did listen to that episode is going to be going,
1: what well, What's going to be funny is if you release this episode first
0: Oh what if I did
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What if I just finally fulfilled my dream of making this podcast absolutely unlistenable to you
1: Of course, what you're going to have to do is uh, cut out all this dialogue where we discuss how you're going to mess with the listeners' minds then mess with their minds, then put this back in for the Christmas bloopers episode.
0: No, it's getting a bit Happy Mondays now.
1: <laughs>
0: is it Trusty Melon? Right? It's Trusty Melon. <laughs> anyway, Spider Man, apart from his cinematic pursuits, how well familiar are you with him? You know, one of the most famous comic book characters ever created.
1: Well, um, I I first became aware of him um, when I was Nubbot a nipper. Uh, Spider Man's probably one of the first superheroes that I read. Um, back in the days when the only way you got comics was nipping that to the news agents and seeing what the local news agent had left out of his poultry. Uh, selection of four Fantastic Four Hulk Batman Spider Man and Superman comics that he had left when you got round there with your ten pence of fucking money.
0: Yeah. So, and I mean God even going to like nineties, early two thousands, we didn't have a huge selection.
1: Yeah, I um I must admit a... I kind of thought that comic books were a bit weird when I was a kid. Because I very rarely managed to get two consecutive issues of the same comic, on the superhero front I had a, I had an uncle who brought me uh, regular issues of like the Beano and those kind of comics. And then that, as I grew older, that matured into things like 2000 AD and the Doctor Who comic, as it was then.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a similar issue as well because, especially by the time I was getting into comics, a lot of the more popular characters had at least two or three different series. Yeah, of which we would get one of them.
1: Yeah, um. So, but yeah, so I I used to enjoy watching the old web slinger and uh, his activities and his, but it got a bit confusing because he he, I'd get one Spider-Man comic and he'd feature dramatic. Cliffhanger, in his fight against uh, Hammerhead, for example. Then...
0: Wow, that's a, that's not the villain I was expecting you to put out here, to be honest.
1: I see. And then, the, fol- the, the following time I got an issue with Spider-Man, it had been the second part of the story, but the one would be resolved by him defeating, I don't know, Vulture or Electro or something. It was like, nah. So I always thought comics were a bit weird, and then I, obviously, uh, the nineties I got into them a little bit more, um, the late eighties, early nineties, uh, and did some of the Secret War stuff, uh, the Venom stuff, and um, found them a lot more um, so sort of linear than I'd experienced yeah. in the. <laughs>
0: I think most stories tend to be better when you can like experience <laughs> them from start to finish.
1: Uh, there were quite yeah, there were quite a few guys. Uh, I, I was in my first job, and there were quite a few guys who collected comics and graphic novels and stuff. So we getting like the collected editions and stuff like that, I'm passing them around. and That's how I got into things like Wolverine, and then latterly, um, kind of. As we've been doing podcasts and when the we, late Lamented 4 panel was uh, still around, if I got the opportunity to get on the Spider-Man comic before you did, I would do the Spider-Man thing.
0: Indeed, yes, because there was always a bit of fighting over the Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement and say that Spider-Man is my favourite superhero.
1: Wow, that's bold.
0: I know, and so many of them are Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> Especially in this film, and the other film that we talk about in an episode that may or may not already be available.
0: Yeah, which again, I think if I don't put that episode out, it's both a great representation of Three Dev Adam and what comic books are like. But yeah, I, I think Spider Man for me is just like the typical what you want in a hero of just he's fighting crime and he's doing the right thing, not like say in an old fashioned Superman way where it's just Yes, this is easy because I have all the Superman powers. Yeah. But like he'll still do the right thing even though it's quite difficult. Yeah. Even yeah. though sometimes there's a really heavy thing on him. And it's too heavy for him to lift. But then he lifts the heavy thing anyway, Mick.
1: Because that's who he is. And also... He is strong. As we know from... The Lament of Spider-Man, that classic 1969 track.
0: Because he has radioactive blood. Yes. Anyway, also... Fun, Well, fun to me kind of fact that I wanted to mention about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. The first Spider-Man comic I ever read was an issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. In which Spider-Man has to fight a weird demon guy and teams up with Doctor Strange. Oh, wow. So it's all been leading to this. <laughs> We've come full circle.
1: The thing is, right?
0: No, no, he he's Fantastic Four.
1: Aha. The the fact that we are doing um, a couple of episodes relating to multiple Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spide. spide. Spideys, multiple Spideys,
0: spiders men, <laughs> um,
1: kind of kind of evokes the fact that at any given time there are multiple Spider-Man titles out there. I mean, he's he's the king of the multiple titles, isn't he?
0: Spectacular.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Peter Parker Spider Man. Tangled Superior. Web of Spider Man Superior. Ultimate, Ultimate. Spider Man.
1: Twenty ninety
0: nine. Yes. I mean I think Spider Man's probably one of the only characters who's just never not had at least one series out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they don't cancel Spider Man, do they?
0: No, because he is like The entirety of Marvel's revenue stream. (laughs) Like, I think even if you look at figures now, Spider-Man compared to the rest of the Marvel books, and compared to most comics, is just ridiculous.
1: Sim, that
0: was pesky film, aren't it? Indeed, yeah. Because, I mean... God, this is the second time in as many episodes that it's come up. (laughs) But, Yeah. Because Spider-Man was so popular, they sold his film rights in the 90s because Marvel was broke.
1: Yeah.
0: And I've been like, kind of tugging at Sony's coattails everything's going, can, can we have our Spider-Man back, please? <laughs> Until finally they can say, no, if you give us Spider-Man back, we can actually make a good film about him.
1: Not like that rubbish you've been doing.
0: Not like Andrew Garfield in the basement of backpacks.
1: (laughs) Right, so.
0: Indeed, yes. I should probably do a synopsis because this...
1: I was going to say, do you want to take us through it frame by frame, blow by blow?
0: I mean, pretty much, this is one of my longer synopsises. So, we pick up uh, We pick up where Far From Home left off. Mysterio has framed Spider-Man for his murder and revealed to the world that Spidey is really Tom Holland. I I mean, Peter Parker. (laughs) Uh, He is able to get the charges dropped with the help of... Nick Hammond? Yes, that's right. Nick Hammond is able to get the charges dropped with the help of in a cameo that was genuinely the most exciting thing for me in this film. Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, and it catches a brick.
1: But how did he do that? Because
0: he's a very good lawyer. Oh. However, Peter must still deal with the overwhelming pressure of the world knowing his secret identity, a factor which results in him, MJ, played by Zendaya, and Ned, played by Joseph Batalon, all getting rejected from MIT. Hoping to fix the problem, Pete visits Doctor Strange, played as always by Benedict Cumberpoodle, and asks him to make everyone forget that he's Spider-Man. However, he tries to stop the spell when he realises that it will also cause his friends and family to forget. Uh, This causes the spell to go awry and pull through people from across the multiverse who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, except for some of them who don't. So these people include Green Goblin, played by Willem Dafoe, Dr. Octopus, played by Alfred Molina Electro, played by Jamie Fox Sandman, played by Thomas Hayden Church and Lizard, played by fans, Fanz well, I had to go back and edit into this bit because I left him out initially by accident <laughs> So, Spider-Man captures this I guess, fearsome five and Doctor Strange prepares to send them back However, again Spidey stops him when he learns that most of the villains will die if they return to their home dimension. Uh, Peter tries to help the villains, but is betrayed by the Green Goblin, who escapes with the others and fatally injures Toe May. So Peter is ready to give up and send the villains to their doom, but before May dies she tells him that with great power must also come great responsibility, which is the thing!
1: So i Aunt
0: May's really Uncle Ben. Yeah, well, well, you know, single-parent households. you, you got to be both the Aunt May and the Uncle Ben sometimes.
1: Whichever way it goes, you end up making the worse
0: <laughs> Exactly. So, meanwhile, Ned and MJ try to summon Peter, but accidentally summon instead two alternate Spider-Men played by Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. The three Spider-Men team up, and he, in a climactic battle, able to cure Sandman, Lizard and Electro with the help of a reformed Doc Ock. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man fights and beats Green Goblin, who then tries to goad Peter into killing him, but he's brought to his senses by his fellow Spider-Men and instead cures Gobby. Doctor Strange is able to reverse the spell and send everyone back, but as a side effect, Everyone forgets that Peter is Spider-Man. How does that work? Don't sweat it. (laughs) Does everyone in the multiverse forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? Does it just apply to the MCU? Uh, Wait, wait, Peter Parker
1: is Spider-Man?
0: Oh, no. I've broken the spell. (laughs) So, Pete decides not to tell his friends who he is instead of letting them live a normal life while he stays in New York, and continues his life as Spider-Man with a new homemade costume. And then, in what might be one of my new favourite credit scenes, a very confused Eddie Brock and Venom, both played by Tom Hardy, try to make sense of the MCU in a bar, before they're sent back to their own universe, leaving a tiny blob of symbiote behind. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! And yeah, that's No Way Home.
1: Which makes uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, not only the highest grossing film of 2021, not only the sixth highest grossing film of all time, but also the best 2021 Tom Hardy um, Venom film.
0: I mean, it might even be the best Tom Hardy Venom film, Pearl. It might even be the best Venom film. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to drop a line in the sand and say I think this film is better than Spider-Man Three. <laughs> because yeah, no, my my general thoughts are the plot of this film does not make any kind of sense, but I quite enjoyed it anyway.
1: Yeah, it it's one of those that falls into the a catalogue of this is a comic book movie please don't think about it too hard
0: yeah and especially this is a comic book movie involving magic
1: yeah and multiverses and Andrew Garfield
0: yeah especially Andrew Garfield just don't think too hard about it yeah
1: I quite <laughs> I quite like the fact that with uh... the he still bit and brought him back as middle-aged Peter Parker. <laughs> he's
0: like Peter Parker, damn model. I know. I, I do like that he's like the older mentor Spider-Man. I also don't think about the fact that he's the older mentor Spider-Man from Green Goblin and Doc Ocker from the past.
1: Yeah.
0: It's fine. It's fine. It all comes together. Yeah. So um
1: I know I've watched Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider Man two. I remember Lee C fan being Curtis Thomas. I remember Jamie Fox being Electro.
0: Yeah, amazing Spider-Man. I remember there's a bit where a bad guy pulls a knife and Spider-Man goes, oh no, my one weak, there's small knives. Ah, psych, and then webs into a wall. Then he swings across some cranes and beats the lizard. Dennis Leary is in that film and there's something about spies
1: yes and it's the... spy man,
0: and that's why he's the son of spies
1: okay it's, it's actually a french name spy man.
0: oh boo make <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this, especially when I'm trying to bring to my mind what happened in Amazing Spider-Man oh. 2. Because <laughs> Basement of Backpacks. Dane Hahn had a bad thing on his face. Electra Wait, was a but... nasty dubstep man. <laughs> and Gwen Stacy died. And other things probably happened in those films. Ooh. There was like a, a secret based on a subway? Maybe? I mean, to be fair, literally all you need to know about those films is Electro was a villain, villain of one of them and Gwen Stacy died.
1: Yeah.
0: Not even that Gwen Stacy died, just Spider-Man had a girlfriend who died.
1: Yeah. Mm. Thankfully they didn't revisit Toby McGuire's emo phase.
0: Yeah, and well, again, let's not think about the fact of how come it was Tom Hardy venom and not for Grace venom.
1: Well, on, I don't
0: know. yeah, yeah. From, from a casting perspective, we know the reason. <laughs> it's in the same way that James Franco was not brought back to life. Although I can't believe we didn't get Paul Giamatti as the Vino again. With his barbed wire tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> so I do remember things about the Amazing Spider-Man films.
1: See, these are all things that I think I forced myself to forget.
0: As well you should.
1: Because you do realise that for me, um, amazing, uh, Spider-Man 5 uh, No Way Home is going to go straight to the bottom of our list.
0: So, okay, please explain why this is worse than Nick Poovy.
1: Um, because, um, they're cool, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but I mean, what else was she doing?
1: She was being Marissa Tomei. I mean, you know.
0: Look, if there's one thing that's consistent in Spider-Man things, is that there's lots of clones. So maybe you can just have a nice clone Marisa Tomei. Mm. Maybe you can have multiple clone Marisa Tomes. See, see what they've opened the door to.
1: Okay. Good
0: then. You're back on board. I'm but yeah, with that, I, I like that weirdly this whole trilogy of Spider-Man films has essentially been spider-man's origin story yes like they've ended on the point where he is now properly spider-man
1: yeah
0: and that's i, I guess that kind of ties into why i like this film because all the all the like the multiverse kind of magicy y portly stuff that's a load of nonsense But it's kind of window dressing to what is like a proper Spider-Man story. Because it's him saying, you know, the easy thing to do is to let these people die. But the right thing to do is to help them. So I got to help them. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I want in a Spider-Man film. And it's also, as much as I feel like bringing back the old villains is stunt casting. If you've already got the perfect Green Goblin and the perfect Doctor Octopus, yeah, why bother getting anyone else?
1: Well, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I think it kind of needed to happen anyway, because if if they had been recast with other, let's say, more contemporary actors, um then all the bits of script about, you know, you're not Peter Parker, wouldn't have made any sense.
0: Well, yeah, I, don't, I mean that more in the general sense of making a whole film, around the idea of, how do we get these actors back?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it had to be, those. It was either that or reintroduce those villains and, and then it would have just felt.
0: I mean, then it would have been Spider-Man 3.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: And yeah, because I feel like that, that's some of the fun of Spider-Man as well, is him having to fight like a big group of villains.
1: Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like they're also sort of testing the water for a potential Sin- Sinister Six.
0: Yeah, well that's why I mentioned it earlier, is that it did seem very deliberately, no, there are five villains in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: We're not going to blow our Sinister Six yet. Yeah. I mean, i am trying to think, like, who they would even do as, like, a Sinister Six. Because I guess you've got the Vulture. You've got, I know Mysterio died, but there's been a few other characters in the comics who've, like, been Mysterio, so I guess you could do one of them. Yeah got Scorpion in the shocker. You've got, I think there was a guy who might have been Chameleon in Far From Home, so you can have him. And then I guess you can introduce a new villain.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, I guess if they do like another trilogy as well, they've got like two films to introduce new villains and then do a Sinister Six. Yeah. I hope they bring in the Hobgoblin.
1: You've also got whatever fallout there might be from the multiverse of madness.
0: So yeah. A chance, that's it. yeah you maybe a chance maybe for a
1: multiversal Quentin
0: Beck to turn up again. Oh see, see, was, yeah, the Sinister Six is gonna be the Vulture, the Shocker, the Scorpion, New Mysterio, Chameleon, and a giant tentacle monster. Uh-oh, Spider-Man, you might have foiled my bank robbery. But can you stop Shumogorath, destroyer of worlds? <laughs> yeah. Also, this film like got something right about Green Goblin that I think the other films failed to do. Yeah. Which is you don't go, what kind of Green Goblin mask can we make? When you've already cast a man who has just the most goblin-y face in existence, because <laughs> yeah, I, it... I don't think there's makeup or CGI more terrifying than just Willem Dafoe's face, <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. Like he he can be very deliberately scary. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I thought I thought that was a nice little plot point for the green goblin, the fact that the mask gets discarded, but the Goblin still will
0: out. Yeah, especially because like, Spider-Man 1 played it as very much a... No, he, he's normal as Norman Osborne. But then the Green Goblin kind of is the mask. Yeah. And this is a... Nope, nope, they're all just inside Norman's head.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, I think Electro was a lot better in this than he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2.
1: Yeah, and I genuinely cannot remember.
0: I th- I think in that he was like some weird dorky guy where like he's got a side parting and like, buck teeth and and he falls into a pit of electric eels. Yeah, they kept mentioning that.
1: You'd think I'd
0: have remembered that. Yeah, I, I like how they mention it and then just kind of move on from it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There was a lot of padding, I felt.
0: I I don't know if I'd say there was a lot of padding so much as just a lot of stuff.
1: There there was a lot of stuff. I think some of it we could have dispensed with. I mean, I know it leads up to the introduction of Doc Ock, but that bit where he's trying to chase the college admissions person
0: Oh it's yeah, like yeah, to be fair. The... That stuff at the start about like him trying to get into MIT. Yeah. Especially because like it, it doesn't really go anywhere. It is it's literally just there, so that he's on the freeway.
1: And and the the, the, the other thing that bugged me is that bit where he turns up at the flat and he finds out about uh Happy and May splitting up. He knows, by this point, that all the news cameramans are after him. He knows, because he's just swung all the way across with MJ, they get to Aunt May's house, he closes the blinds so that none of the helicopters can see, and then turns out his top priority is to talk to them about their relationship, which he's only just found out about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is he's just trying to ignore the helicopters. But, but I think um, it's, it seems very much like one of those scenes where it's we've got an idea we think is funny and we're going to try and work backwards from that to fit it into
1: the yeah. film. Yeah, it, it didn't really work for me.
0: Yeah, I think especially around the start, because probably one of my biggest problems is a lot of the stuff from Far From Home does seem to get dropped quite quickly. Yeah. Like the whole is Spider-Man a murderer, that that's immediately sorted out. Yeah. Which I mean too it's sorted out because Matt Murdock is a very good lawyer.
1: He is. A very, very good lawyer. He can catch bricks.
0: He can. Without even looking.
1: Yeah. Handy that.
0: Yeah, especially considering he's blind.
1: You know, I I will not be at all surprised if in a future movie, we don't find out that, he, that he's some kind of superhero.
0: I, I don't know, A blind lawyer being a superhero. That sounds pretty daring to me. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. think he'd have a devil of a time.
1: <laughs> but he strikes me as, as some kind of man who, who has no fear. The, Which is oh, the kind of thing you want to be a sister, you
0: know. Indeed. He's Daredevil. <laughs> From the TV show Daredevil. But, yeah, no, generally, it was great because I saw this film with my friend and he actually, like, elbowed me and whispered, It's Daredevil! <laughs> the thing is, it was one of
1: the worst Ketsu Second only to the fact that Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire are coming back, sadly, no one can.
0: Yeah, also, I'm disappointed that Andrew Garfield hasn't kept up with the no, I'm definitely not in this film approach. <laughs> Just refused to acknowledge that he was in this film until his dying day. <laughs> But yeah, no, despite knowing full well that Matt Murdock was in this film, it was still quite exciting to see him.
1: Yeah. Um, So that automatically, canonically puts Daredevil in the MCU. By association, that therefore puts Jessica Jones in the MCU, Luke Cage in the MCU, defenders in the ncu
0: but perhaps mm, most, most i don't like where all, this is going
1: but unfortunately also means that Iron Fist is in the ncu yeah
0: because i mean I, th- I think that does open up a tangent that we can talk about is because do, do you think they're going to bring them all back
1: I think there's a strong possibility they'd bring Jessica Jones in.
0: Yeah, Je- I mean, Jessica Jones is, like, the other one I'd really want to be brought back. Yeah. Like, Luke, uh, th- my calls is pretty good, but I feel like I wouldn't be that upset if they recast Luke Cage.
1: Yeah. Luke Cage, I can see being brought back, but, again, it's one of those where they might it might be a leak from the multiverse where he comes back and is a bit more like the the classic Power Man from the comics and not the updated version we got in, in the TV show.
0: Yeah, it's also I I feel like this is going to sound harsher than I mean well. It's it's kind of almost a Michael. He seems like a very TV pick. Yeah, like he seems like the kind of guy you get because you can't afford a big Hollywood star. Yeah. Also, also with those shows, I I don't know if there's like been as much, like, of a fan response to get them back.
1: No, um, I I believe, um, I believe there have been endless phone calls to Marvel Television. Um, there's an almost one-man campaign to bring back Iron Fist.
0: And I is think, it by Finn Jones?
1: I think that's because Finn Jones probably hasn't worked since.
0: And um, um, I'm not sure even Finn Jones wants to come back as <laughs> Um But yeah, I, I I can see I can see
1: Jessica Jones working. I can see um, Daredevil working. Um, but I'm not. I'm not even sure if the Punisher is a good fit for the MCU.
0: Yeah, because, like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, you can maybe lighten them up a bit.
1: Yeah.
0: But the Punisher, he is a very shooty gunman. Yes. Unless... Because I know there have been some, like, weirder Punisher runs. Where he's like fighting dragons and stuff. Yeah. So if you were to maybe like pull him into something like that. Because John Bernthal is a really great punisher. I'd like to see him back. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know if he fits in with the MCU.
1: Yeah, so back to your point about whether someone like a Mike Coulter or a Finn Jones would, would be an acceptable lead in any kind of MCU version. I don't think there's a problem with John. It's. It's more the tone
0: of that punisher yeah because yeah, John Bernthal is definitely like a, a full on Hollywood actor
1: yeah
0: and like I don't with these things I don't necessarily mean them in terms of talent maybe, except maybe with you Finn Jones yeah it's just kind of I think there is still a bit of a divide in terms of casting people when it comes to TV and films
1: yeah. um the so the only, the only TV outing that hasn't been legitimised as being part of the MCU yet. Is Agents of Shield, and that is a crime.
0: Um, I, I think you're forgetting one, Mick. Really? Yes, I'm not going to allow you to forget about Inhumans. Which is still, as far as we know, MCU canon.
1: It's barely even in humans' canon. It should have been shot from a canon.
0: Yeah, no, in humans, they're definitely at some point just going to completely reboot that and say, yeah, that old one didn't happen.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think with Agents of Shield, I think they were, like, specifically. Didn't it get shunted off into an alternate timeline and stuff?
1: Well, the first two or three seasons did tie in with the big movies, didn't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, because they're the one they had to do some sweeping up after Thor: The Dark World.
1: Yeah, um, and, and there was a random lady Sif just running around America. <laughs> they they had to start there somewhere. So it started off seemingly. Being part of the MCU, and then it just drifted apart to the point where it just didn't seem to gain any traction when the MCU really hit its feet. And I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the plan originally that it was going to be like quite closely connected with the MCU. Because hmm. I feel like that's still. I mean, I say that I've watched about like two and a half, well, two and two separate halves of two separate series. But one of the best things was that, like, they revealed the whole Shield is Hydra thing in the show, like, the same week that Winter Soldier was coming out. Yeah. But then it's, I I guess it's maybe as they saw that it didn't get, like, massive ratings.
1: No. Um, And I think it's a shame because. Yes, it lost its way a little bit at times, but there was some solid story writing. I and mean, there was some solid characterization.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember I watched the Ghost Rider stuff. I liked that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Then you've got your life model decoy stuff. That was quite different.
0: Also, none of this relates to Spider Man.
1: I know. But I don't, I think what it do what this did do, is. It's the first one that's of the Phase 4 stuff, that's really felt like it's got a connection to the other bits of the, the MCU. Eternals felt like a, a bit of a standalone.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that was maybe a point with Eternals and Shang-Chi, yeah. is trying to make them, like, kind of more their own thing.
1: Yeah, and that uh, they were... They felt like standalone movies, Black Widow felt more like, oh, this is just a Phase 3 thing that we had left over.
0: Yeah, well, Black Widow is a thing that happened in Phase 3, but we didn't have, like, the scheduling for it.
1: Yeah, Um, that's basically what that feels like. So this is the first Phase 4 movie that seems to have a link to other things.
0: Yeah. Which I because mean, I guess it's the first phase four movie, there is a direct sequel to one of the other films.
1: Yeah. Um true. But also it's opening up to other things that aren't its direct predecessor.
0: Yeah, because that's the 'cause the ending of this film is very much like polishing off this trilogy. Yeah. And setting it up for the new one. And that's that's something I appreciate about this film as well. It's because with the MCU, you don't get that many endings. No. It's just, it's a lot of, we are going to keep the train rolling to get ready for the next thing. Yeah. And this feels like we've actually had a trilogy of films that have completed a journey. Yes. And it's just, but there is scope for another trilogy down the line. Yeah. So if
1: they announced that this was the last of the four but if, if, this, if they announced that this was the last of the Tom Holland Spider-Man uh, films, you will not be completely um, bereft at the end of it. You'd be like, well, at least that's a nice little trio of films. They hang together quite well. They haven't had the drop-off in quality that the first trilogy had. They've not had the forgettability that the second trilogy that Paul had two movies in it had. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess in a way this is also like the third film for Amazing Spider-Man. Because he does get kind of like a, a conclusion to his storyline.
1: He does. And they even call him. They, they even call him out, don't they? They even tell him he was amazing.
0: They do. Oh, which is nice because I think those films do have their fans. Yes,
1: just really not in novels, obviously.
0: Nah, I mean, it's even—I'm not even sure that it's necessary that it? they don't like the Andrew Garfield films. I think it's probably just more a case of no, we want our own one so that we've got all the control. Yeah.
1: Mm. So, uh, I think Zendaya is excellent again, as MJ.
0: Indeed. It's also she's, interesting.
1: A lot, she's a lot less two-dimensional than previous Mary Janes and Wednesdays that have been in, in earlier iterations of the movies. She's been given a lot more to do than to be.
0: Yeah, because I feel like... Kirsten Dunst in the original trilogy, she's very much just the typical damsel in distress. Yeah. Gwen Stacy, she was in that kind of awkward in-between phase. But they, they clearly like want to give the female characters more to do, and the writers being like quite smart and capable, but then they don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. So she still just ends up kind of needing to be rescued by Spider Man.
1: Uh, I think the other the other way that they sort of underplay those characters in those earlier films is uh they're too dumb to realize that when spider man is rescuing people from their mothers uh their boyfriend disappears all the time
0: yeah i I was generally a fan of them. ...getting rid of some of the more secret identity elements like that. It's also, it just kind of makes things a bit creepy, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) Well, the the point is, you know, Mary Mary Jane is a college student... ...and she doesn't notice that whenever Peter Parker isn't around, Spider-Man is.
0: No, but it's fine because Spider-Man tells her that Peter's... ...he's just off down that alley taking pictures. I mean it is weird that they both have the exact same voice, but Yeah. What are you gonna do?
1: And an interesting photography.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Um, I mean to be fair, this this is coming from an old universe where people were happy to believe that Iron Man was Tony Stark's bodyguard, despite the two of them never being in the same room. <laughs> um
1: J.K. Simmons. It should be law that whenever J.K. Simmons, uh, that whenever J. Jonah Jameson is portrayed, it's by J.K. Simmons.
0: Yeah, cause, and I feel like this was what kicked it off, is just them going, well, there's already a perfect J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. so we'll just get him back. And then we've got a few other perfect characters as well, so let's bring them back. Yeah. And also, E. C. fans.
1: But yeah, it's um, it's nice. It's nice seeing J. J. Abrams because he doesn't he doesn't overdo it, and it'd be so easy to overdo J. J. Doing it.
0: Yeah, because he's kind of just hammy enough. Yeah.
1: Because
0: he, because I mean, the whole point of that character is he is an over-the-top blowhard.
1: Yeah.
0: But not to an absolutely ludicrous proportion.
1: Yeah. He doesn't turn it into Ron Burgundy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I think that's one of those things J.K. Simmons is just really good at. But yeah, I
1: think Potentially, it does overdo things a little bit. There is quite—I mean, it's what two and a half hours, two and a half hours—and a lot of it is set up because you have to think back in. You know, in, in case of the Tobey Maguire elements, you've got to think back sort of 17 years, I think, to the third Spider-Man movie. And sort of 20, 22 years to the first one. 21, years. That's a lot. Unless you go on a Spider-Man binge before you go see it, that's a lot of referencing.
0: Yeah, but this is a film that could have done with like a previously on Spider-Man bit. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, you know it's always going to be a problem with a a comic book property anyway Uh, it's one of the things that uh, Marvel have done so well with the MCU across the three phases, three previous phases is they've managed to space out the lore um, from the comic books over sequences of movies rather than cramming it all into one movie, here have all the Iron Man. Um.
0: I mean, that, that's basically Iron Man 3, though, isn't it? <laughs> There's so yeah. many Iron Man in that film.
1: <laughs> but, but it's not all the Iron Man. It's not like every single bit of plot point. It's
0: not like. First yeah. It, it's just a lot more Iron Man. Um. But I think that the problem, well. Kind of the, the good and bad thing about these films is that as they've got on they've been able to introduce kind of more and more of the the very comic booky stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Like if you go back and watch Iron Man, that's still a very grounded. That's okay. It's just a man, and it's like he's got a tank, but he can wear the tank, and he can understand that. Yeah. And it's kind of been a, a slow process of gradually building things up. Kind of going, look, You know, maybe maybe this guy's a god, but maybe he's just an alien. Aliens are easier to understand the gods to, oh, but now, now here's some magic to Spider-Men from all across the multiverse have to team up.
1: <laughs> Against the host of villains.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's as they've built that up, they now kind of need to get bigger and grander. Yeah. Because it's kind of the audience is expecting more and more spectacle, because I feel like that's one of the things that people, a lot of people, didn't like about Black Widow, is that's a much kind of smaller scale thing than Endgame was.
1: And I, and, and I think it always was likely to be because the whole the whole thing is she doesn't have superpowers, you know she's not. Like Hawkeye, she's not a super soldier. She's not a gamma monster.
0: Yeah. But a
1: highly trained specialist.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think there is just a section of the audience that has this very binary. This is the next one, so it has to be bigger. Yeah. Because bigger is better.
1: Yeah. And I think the problem is when you've got when you've got a franchise that sprawls the way the MCU does. Every now and then, you've got to have a film that's.
0: Yeah, just, just a nice yeah. after-dinner mint of a film.
1: Yeah, just... Right. That was your main course. Here's your palate. This is the sorbet. And now we're going to go... Into the pudding! Well, that's... The se- that's the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, by the way. Into the
0: pudding. Mmm... verse <laughs> I mean, that's definitely just, like, a level in a Mario game or something. The
1: <laughs> to <Into> the pudding.
0: <laughs> also, I think i will find the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse is Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, all right. Part 1.
1: Oh. Then there'll be Across the Spider-Verse, Part 2, and then maybe there'll be No Way Home from the Spider-Verse.
0: Or, if they really want to mess with people, Across the Spider-Verse, Part 1, and then Across the Spider-Verse, Part 4.
1: I hope. I thought,
0: thought we'd find a way to incorporate three D rather. I hope so. I mean, apparently they're bringing in, like Japanese Spider-Man.
1: Oh, excellent! So maybe. Maybe.
0: But yeah, I mean, I think describing this film as a pudding is quite a good way to describe it, because it is like one of those big ice cream sundays, it where it's tasty and it's full of stuff but there's not all that much holding it together
1: yeah and by the time you do get to the end you may maybe feeling a little bit queasy and you leave you leave a little bit of that red goo at the bottom of the glass because you just can't face another bite it, it's making your teeth itch. you've enjoyed what you've had
0: And god that's that's really brought venomous as well isn't it just the bit that's left over at the <laughs> end. <laughs> anyway, shall we rank it? Yes. So this is going on our list of 1 two, thirty-one 31 now.
1: Ooh. And. This will confuse anybody who's listening out of sequence.
0: I mean, why would you? And I I actually know the answer to that. It's because I occasionally forget to put episodes out. (laughs) So, looking at the list. I think we've got Birds of Prey at 11, Shang-Chi at number 12, and Iron Man at number 13. And I definitely feel like it goes in that kind of area.
1: Yeah. And just just to put that in perspective, we are talking about sixth highest grossing movie of all time, and we're calling it mid-table.
0: I mean, I would counter how much money have the Transformers films made? It's a lot. And they are not good.
1: That's true. One point seven four billion is new. So far.
0: I mean that's fairly impressive.
1: Yeah. On a two hundred million dollar budget.
0: It's almost like people like Spider-Man. It is, isn't it? Who do thunk?
1: Presumably, Stanley and Steve Dick, Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I mean, no... gone. I've had this idea for a guy who gets bitten by a radioactive spider and becomes a superhero. If either of them were gone, no one's going to buy that. It wouldn't have happened.
0: Well, actually, to be fair, I, I don't think Stanley so much thought of, yeah, I think people will like this as he did. I will make people like, I will make people <laughs> love this. <laughs> Yeah, I would say. I almost feel a bit guilty saying that I do like this more than Shang-Chi. Because Shang-Chi is the kind of film I want the MCU to do more of. Kind of more kind of self-contained, not traditional superhero stuff. Yeah. But now this is like the very traditional superhero stuff that I do like more than it.
1: Well, and I think this is I think this is the problem is that I I don't think you can judge them on an equal basis precisely because Spider-Man is the much-beloved poster boy for Marvel Comics and Shang-Chi is a character that most people had not heard of until that movie came out.
0: True. Also, speaking of Shang-Chi, I feel like that's maybe another reason why Finn Jones isn't going to come back as Iron Fist. Because <laughs> Marvel might just say, "You know what? We've got another kung fu guy now."
1: Yeah, true.
0: And this one can actually do kung fu. And that. <laughs> and is not to quote stick a thundering dumbass.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, it's uh. So what what have we got? We've got Iron Man, Shang-Chi...
0: And then Birds of Prey at number
1: 11. That's the film.
0: Yes, the the film. Not the TV series. Well, the TV series is now on a completely different list.
1: What would it be in the TV series?
0: Indeed. And possibly at the bottom of that list, I'll have to double check. Mm. Oh, no. Second bottom. I, I of course forgot about Titan Season 2.
1: And we haven't covered Inhumans yet.
0: Oh, Inhumans.
1: Oh, Nicholas Hammond's run with Spider Man.
0: I say I'm genuinely excited to talk about Inhumans one day. <laughs> yeah. It's so terrible. <laughs>
1: No,
0: no one said that since an ABC executive greenlit the pilot. No, no, but it's like, you, you know when you're a kid and you fall over and you scrape your knee? Yeah. And you run over to your parents and go, look, look at that.
1: Yeah.
0: That's kind of how I feel about the humans. It's horrible, but everyone needs to look at it.
1: Okay. You're weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think Spider-Man No Way Home should go?
1: I I think I think just above Shang-Chi is about
0: there. Uh, yeah, above Shang-Chi below Birds of Prey. Or, or as
1: I like to go ends. Neverending Story 3.
0: And to be fair, Birds of Prey is a to, very is stylistically distinct non typical superhero film. So I'm kind of having my cake and eating it.
1: Which brings mm. us back to pudding.
0: <laughs> Can you tell listeners that we're recording this kind of around about a foodie type time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there wasn't ever in story three.
0: I mean, Gosh, no, I, I guess the title should give it away. Uh...
1: Shang-Chi, then, must be never ended story For
0: I mean, they're not kidding. That story does not end. No. But what does end is this episode of the podcast. Oh. So if you would like to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at BeholdPod. Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or just recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners.
1: But we never grow as people, do we, Andrew?
0: Absolutely not. I point-blank refuse. (laughs) So until next time, I've been Andrew.
1: And I've been one of the many.
0: So long, and thanks for listening.
1: Oh no, what's that there? Bit of symbiotic.